This episode is part one of the Player's Handbook mini-series, so stay tuned. If you're enjoying these episodes, first I want to thank you for your listenership. Your support means the world to me. And for those of you who are just tuning in to the podcast, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and after this episode, leave us an honest review. Hopefully it's a five-star review, but leave us an honest review. Your reviews actually help me um, gauge what you all want in the audience, but your reviews, especially when they're a five-star, help the channel grow. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave that review. has a disclaimer saying that Wizards of the Coast is not responsible for the consequences of splitting up the party, sticking appendages in the mouth of a leering green devil face, accepting a dinner invitation from bugbears, storming the feast hall of a hill giant, um, and then angering a dragon of any variety, or saying yes when the DM asks, are you really sure? So it's a pretty cool, it's really funny to see those type of disclaimers, but in the first couple of pages where it talks about the credits, again, you'll see the information that Mike Merles and Jeremy Crawford were the lead designers. Um, Jeremy Crawford was the lead for the player's handbook. The rule development, or the rules development, excuse me, was actually done by Rodney Thompson and Peter Lee. And James Wyatt, Robert J. Uh, Swalb, Bruce R. Cordell, I think that's how you pronounce it, I apologize, but they are the ones that wrote the player's handbook. And then those who edited were Michelle Carter, Chris Sims, Scott Fitzgerald Gray, and Christopher Perkins. The producer was Greg um, Bilsling. So there's a lot of different um, people who were actually um, writing this. There's a lot of art directors, including Kate Irwin and Dan uh, Galon, or Jalon, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing that. 
Obviously, graphic designer is Bree Heiss, uh, Emmy Pons, Barry Craig, the cover illustrator, like I told you, and then there are interior illustrators. So there's a handful, including Steve Argyle, Tom Babby, uh, Kieran Yanner, and Rich and a bunch of others. There's you know Richard Whit Witters, Eva Wilderman, a lot of different. I mean, there's there's most likely going to be about twenty to thirty different illustrators, and again. There, you could see how there's a lot of effort put into this. Obviously, there's also a lot of different contributors to the player's handbook. Um, there's a, a bunch of you know legalities and the branding and marketing and all that good stuff. Consultation that were that was provided by other folks. Um, and then when you open it, and again, it's going to be on the contents page. You see the preface, the introduction. You see part one, part two, and part three, and then the appendices. So. It's broken up pretty nicely. It's pretty much organized in a way that I think most people would um, would appreciate it, right? Especially for the new folks out there who are who have just started playing D and D. It it's one of those things that I like the way it's been broken down. And from there, you have you know on page five of the book, you have the introduction. Now. I'm going to talk a little bit about the introduction and then go into the other parts of the book. The introduction is a really great place to start if you are new to Dungeons & Dragons. It explains what D&D is, and it really talks about the D20 system, um, adding modifiers, what an advantage is and what a disadvantage is, and then what specific rules are versus general rules. So... It talks about it, you know, it gives a little bit of a intro saying, okay, the Dungeons and Dragons role playing game is about storytelling and worlds of swords and sorcery. It shares elements with childhood games of make believe like those games. D&D is driven by imagination. So it, it talks a little bit about that. Um, it talks about the role of a DM. So, you know, there's one player that takes on the role of the dungeon master, the game's lead storyteller and referee. The DM creates adventures for the characters who navigate its hazards and decide which paths to explore. The DM might describe the entrance to Castle Ravenloft, and the players decide what they want their adventurers to do. So, it also goes into the game has no real end, and when one story or quest wraps up, another one can begin, creating an ongoing story called a campaign. So, it talks about that. It talks about the world of adventure and how... Um, Dungeons and Dragons, <clears throat> excuse me, there are different worlds that exist within the cosmos called the multiverse. So it introduces that multiverse theory. It introduces, um, like I said, it introduces specific rules versus general rules. It talks about how to use this book. It talks about, you know, how the chapters are divided into parts, how to play Dungeons and Dragons. And it gives it really good, simple um, kind of one, two, three steps. It talks about in, you know, how to play, the DM describes the environment and then goes into how the players describe what they want to do. And then the DM narrates the results in the adventure's actions. So I really like how it breaks it down in that way. I also like how they kind of start going into what type, what type of dice you use. So the different, you know, game dice that's used, the D20 and the D12 and so on and so forth, but how the D20 is really instrumental in the game. It then goes about ability scores and ability modifiers. 
And basically, when you roll the dice, you add your modifier. That's how, you know, that's how modifiers are relevant. And you apply any circumstantial bonuses and penalties, and you compare the total to that target number. So the DC or the AC. So diff difficulty class or armor class. From there, like I said, it goes about advantage and disadvantage. And one thing I really like about this is that it talks about specific rules beating general rules. I think I can do a whole different episode on just that. But the book, you know, this book contains rules, um, especially in parts two or three, that talk about gameplays. You know, yes, racial benefits and class features, spells, magic items, monster abilities, so on and so forth, you know, those things break the general rules in some way, and they create an exception in how the rest of the game works. So they really talk about how specific rules contradicts, a, if it does contradict a general rule, the specific rule always wins. And I like that. I like how they talk about that because when you think about it, a specific rule that's to benefit a character, right, a PC, it's always going to win over the general rule because the general rule doesn't really matter if the characters are not progressing or having fun or the players aren't having fun and the characters aren't progressing. Excuse me. So from there, you go into what's called the pillars of exploration. And I really like how they blend, you know, they go from the general information to the introduction. They talk about how... Um, the game, how to really start playing the game. And then it goes into that, you know, pillar of exploration. It talks about what you do regarding the world. How do you, um, you know, how do you actually interact with the world around you? How do you interact with the objects and situations? And what do you want your character to do? And again, it's a, it's really nice how they level that out. They talk about social interactions and, you know, how to talk to someone or something within the world of D&D. And, you know, it's obviously it's as, it, it could be as simple as just approaching them, but how do you work that out? How do you, and, and that's where role play comes in. How do you role play that situation? So just their kind of general tips with that. Um, they talk about combat and, you know, casting spells, swinging weapons, all that good stuff. And then it gets to my favorite part, character creation. And the chapters in the book really focus on, I mean, there's, you know, 11 chapters, so to speak, and they're all focused on the characters, but they do a really cool thing where they say, or where they break up rather, chapters one through six, it's pretty much the bread and butter of creating a character. It gives you everything you need in order to create a character and to guide you it, and, it build, and it breaks it down really nicely. It talks about choosing a race, <clears throat> excuse me, choosing a race and whether it's a sub race or, you know, like a half elf or, or rather, excuse me, a wood elf or a mountain dwarf. And then it talks about um, other races, right? So, and I believe it's in chapter two that it provides that information specifically, but it talks about choosing a race, then choosing a class, and then from there, what leveling up looks like things of that nature, little tidbits, right? So if you're wanting to, um, you know, do a quick build, gives you information on how to do that. Now, I like how in the introduction of chapter one, it, it gives you this character called Brunor, right? So this 
person named Bob, a player, wants to build a dwarf character named Brunor. So it gives you that example to kind of, um, to kind of relate to and to kind of use as your launching pad or as an example. And it shows you what an ability score is, what hit dice and hit points are, proficiency bonuses, and how to determine those ability scores, you know, strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Those things that really make up the character or, you know, the characters that you create. So it gives you the example of building Brunor in step one, two, and three. And then the coolest part, to me at least, is describing your character. Yes, it does give you variants for customizing ability scores, but all that leads up to describing your character and building that character at the end. You know, what are their flaws? What are their alignments? What, what's their background? What, what binds them to the world and what makes them unique, right? And that's only something that you, as an individual, would be able to talk about and tell, which again, that's part of the game. So from there, you know, it goes into uh, choosing your equipment, what your armor class means, right? What it represents and how it all comes together. And then from there, it gives you the different tiers of play because it talks about leveling up, right? It says one of the parts here is beyond first level. So what does gaining levels look like? What does gaining experience look like? And then it goes from there, right? It goes from chapter two, it talks about races, choosing a size or choosing a race is going to determine your alignment, your age, size, speed, languages, all this cool stuff that would be involved. And what I mean by alignment, I've, I've talked about it before, um, but it talks about how, okay, like dwarves are usually a, a lawful good or a lawful something, right? They are, they are lawful in nature. So if you're going to play a dwarf, that might, it might help you to say, okay, if I'm going to play a dwarf, I'm going to, you know, my alignment's going to be lawful something. So it's going to help. I'm going to kind of use that to determine what I want to play. Um, and, and we can go into detail later about how you can learn the rules and then break them. But it gives you a really good, it really gives players a great launching pad. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It gives us a launching pad to really determine what we want to play and how we want to play it. All right, so now we move on to chapter 7 through 9, which is part 2 of the player's handbook. And part two, like I said, it goes into the details of the rules that we were talking about in the introduction of the book of, you know, these are ability scores. This is, you know, these are modifiers and stats. This is advantage and disadvantage, things of that nature, right? So in chapter seven, it talks about using those ability scores, right? Uh, it talks about what strength is and, you know, how strength, for example, is a measurement of the physical power of that character. And then it goes into the ability scores and modifiers. It shows, you know, if the score is this, then the modifier will be that. So, for example, if the, if the score itself is between 16 and 17, the modifier is plus 3. And that's really helpful, especially from a new player perspective, because that allows me to say, okay, I have a quick guide here on part 2, or within part two, chapter seven, page 173. And I can look at the bottom where it says ability scores and modifiers. 
and I can see where it says, okay, my ability score is 16 through 17. So my modifier is going to be plus three. And that's going to help me so that if I'm rolling a strength check or a strength, you know, something with strength, and my modifier is plus three, now I get to roll a d20 and add three to it, plus, you know, whatever benefits I get from my race and class. So it goes from there, and I, I again, I really like kind of how it's laid out. It's laid out pretty easy, and then it goes into advantage and disadvantage. So what does advantage and disadvantage mean? It talks about that in this chapter. It gives that kind of insight into, well, if you have an advantage on something, you get to roll twice because the, the concept is you know this thing really, really well, so you get to roll twice and pick the highest of the two. And the opposite is true, right? If you don't know this thing very well, or if there's a spell or condition or something that is affecting you to have a disadvantage, you roll twice and pick the lowest of the two. So I like how it kind of talks about that. It talks about proficiency bonuses, what that means, what an ability check is, right? Um, and what the DC or the difficulty class would be. So something that's very easy is a DC five. Right, that's maybe, um, let's see, <clears throat> maybe a DC-5 is like, okay, crossing a, a river that is, you know, or rather even, I would say a creek, crossing a creek that the water comes up to, you know, eight, nine inches for a human. That's going to be a DC-5 because they, they're not wading in the water versus a gnome that's, you know, three feet that might be a, a DC 15, right? It might be a little bit harder because that for them, that might be, you know, to their, you know, knees or their thighs and they're having a little bit of difficulty with that. So it kind of talks about that and it talks about skills and it talks about contesting and passive checks and all the kind of inner workings of all that, right? And it really goes into... Uh, detail about what a dexterity check looks like and what a constitution check looks like. So if you are completely new to that and you don't know what that is, then I highly recommend looking at it. And and, and it really is going to be something good for the new players and even DMs, right? If you're a DM, whether you're new or a veteran, and you're like, oh, you know, what constitutes a survival check? I, let me double check that. Well, I can go to page 178 and I can look at survival check. This, you know, and it talks about what a survival check is and what a saving throw is. So that's really helpful. From there, it talks, you know, it goes into adventuring, what movement speed is, what travel pace is, what a forced march is versus, you know, regular marching, um, what time is constituted as, right? Um, the scale of minutes and hours and days. Uh, what a round looks like and what I mean by round is like combat so in Dungeons and Dragons as we know one round in combat is a six second span of time so that and it actually goes beautifully because we talk about you know that type of activity we talk about special types of movement the environment you know how does that all kind of um, how does that all affect your uh, character so things like vision, right, and light. I've talked about environment before, like, you know, is the air around you, the environment uh, causing the player to not be able to see, 
right? So is there heavy? Is it a heavily obscured area? Is it just dark? Is does it cause you know? Is it going to cause the characters to use things like dark vision? Just things of that nature, right? And it goes into you know the food and water aspect of the environment. It goes into like interacting with objects and social interactions. So like interacting with NPCs and talks about role playing and describing that approach. And what I love about it is that for the folks who are new to Dungeons and Dragons who, who may not be comfortable with role playing, it talks about how you can um, describe certain things and describe what your character sees. So I really like that aspect. I really like how it talks about what you should do. Um, from that perspective, because it some to some folks it's easy to role play, um, and it's easy to role play that perspective from their character's you know viewpoint where they be, they almost transform and become their character. So for them it's really easy, but for some of us who may not be comfortable with it, it gives a great explanation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway, talks about resting, what a short rest is, what a long rest is, uh, and then lastly it talks about combat in in part two talks about what a surprise what the order of combat is um, surprise rounds initiative you know initiative meaning you know who goes first in the order of battle in the order of combat rather what your you know what you can do on your turn um, what bonus actions are and moving around and again just the the combative nature of what you can do as a player and as a character so what the different size categories are, what movement and positions mean, moving around certain uh, creatures. What does that all look like and what does that entail? So I like how, you know, if you're trying to learn more about combat and the basics, it's in part two. Now, part three, which is really the rules of magic. Part three is all about magic. It's the, the nature of magic, the rules for spell casting, and what's available. It talks about what a spell slot is, what a spell level is, and what cantrips are, so on and so forth. So you really, you literally get to learn all the different, you know, kind of the differences, and then boom, it goes into, like in pa on page 207, it talks about all the spells. So it, all the bard spells, all the cleric spells, it goes in alphabetical order. All the things you can learn and then all the different spells you can, you know, pretty much pursue. So I'm actually probably going to use, you know, this is just going to be part one of the book or, or of the episode. I'm going to talk part two in the next episode about why the player's handbook is really important. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for the second part of this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And as always, folks, keep gaming. Mm -hmm.